Hey guys, hello. I am Mark Asquith, and what a fantastic session from Hanny. That was stunning. Hanny's like one of the best guys in podcasting. He puts us all to shame. So uh, that's amazing. Hey, tough girl. Hello. Oh, International Podcast Day has changed the topic. You are so efficient. That is amazing. So my name is Mark Asquith, and we've got a little bit of housekeeping to do. And I've got to say this, otherwise my ass will not be worth anything. So International Podcast Day would like to thank platinum sponsor Podcasters Paradise, gold sponsors Appendipity and the fantastic Spreaker, and silver sponsors Simple Podcast Press, Ringer and Scatter Radio. That's a cool name, isn't it? Ramona's here. Hello. Without the sponsor spot, guys, International Podcast Day would not happen. So give a big shout out to those guys. Thanks for sponsoring. And head to internationalpodcastday.com forward slash supporters. <laughs> the accent's coming out already. Oh, my word. Well, what can I say? Now, we're uh, we're going to be joined by a few people today. Hopefully, my main man, Gary, is going to be joining me in a second. And we're going to be hosted, uh, going to be hosting the fine Scottish fellow, David Bain. Here he is. Mr. Gary Aylett is on the ball. Hello. And Mr. Bain is here too. How are you doing, bro? I'm very well, thank you. How are you? Yeah, I see you're trying to copy my beard. <laughs> <laughs> I'm still jealous. David, where are you? I'm still jealous of your beard. I'm in New York. Oh, you're I, speaking. I, I, Enjoy. How's yeah, it going? Yeah, it's going very thank I've just come off the um, stage here at SMX East in New York. Um, so that was um, exciting. Um, so hopefully you can hear me okay. I'm joining... Um, via putting my H5 into my iPhone here. So um, everything coming through loud and clear for you. All good. He sounds amazing, man. You are the man. That is stunning. I love that. Go. I love that. So let's uh, let's go around the room. Gaz, tell everyone a little bit about your podcast. What do you do, sir? Uh, my podcast? Well, um, I currently run a podcast on Doctor Who. Uh, it's called the Big Blue Box Podcast, and it goes out every week on a Friday. Um, and I host that with an, another guy called Adam. And we've been doing that for about a year and a bit now, I would say. Um, and I actually started out podcasting with you, good sir. Yes, you did back in the day. Which was eh? all awesome and good. Um, so, yeah, been doing this for, yeah, a little over a year now, I'd say. Oh, that's awesome! That's awesome. Yeah, so it's uh, it's been a, it's been a, a, an interesting journey through because we started with two shots, didn't we? And the uh, the journey's been quite interesting. At the minute, I'm rocking Excellence Expector, which is a small business podcast featuring Mr. Brad Burton, who's just joined the room. Give a big shout out to uh, Big Brad Hi, Burton. Brad. He's he's in the room. And Rob's just joined us as well. Boom. <laughs> and I also run podcast websites, which is an all-in-one podcasting website service for anyone that's looking to get into podcasting. We do everything for you in terms of your website and your podcast media hosting and statistics. So, guys, let's think back to two shots. We're going to do a bit of a – it's much less of a how-to session and more of a the effect that podcasting has had on our sure. lives because it's changed our lives in various different mm-hmm. ways. When did we start podcasting? Why did we get into it? Because you were the real driver for this, mate. Why did you Why did you choose podcasting as a medium? Um, why? Let's have a think. So when we started, so we started a blog called Two Shots to the Head dot uh, com, and we started that without any pre planning at all to get into a podcast. It was just a um, we just did a load of articles each week, and I think I think I was just knocking around on YouTube one evening as you do um and i think i think what it was i stumbled across a video from cliff ravenscraft and 
at first, when I first saw like this, the thumbnail of the video, I thought it was, I thought he was like, um, like a voiceover artist or he ran a recording studio or something like that. And then I, I don't know what, something just made me watch that video. And then the video, I think it was, I think it was him and all of his podcast gear. I think he was going around his studio and saying, I use this mixer and this external recorder and this microphone, all that stuff. And I was like, wow, that's, that's pretty cool. Cause I'd obviously known about podcasts before then. Um, but I had no clue on how you made one and all that stuff. So I think it was just stumbling across that one night. And then as I watched more of his videos and then looked more into it, I was like, wow, this could be a really good, our readers and our audience. Um, and then I think, I think I just kind of bullied you into doing it from there. <laughs> you had to convince me as well. Like when I think back at it, I was one of those guys. I was like podcasting. <laughs> you, uh, what do you mean podcasting? That still exists. I, like I was that guy and it completely changed my outlook when, when we just, I like the first session. If you go back two shots to the head.com and listen to session one, like my audio sucks. It's Mine's really it. bad. Yeah. No, guys, you're it. like a pro compared to me, man. Um, <laughs> But it's it's been a it's, it was a really interesting journey because we didn't know anything, did we? And you, you mentioned Cliff there. You know, thank God for Cliff and Cliff and for Dave and for for um, for Daniel J. Lewis and all the other guys that put so much amazing content out because it made made our lives so much easier learning about all mm-hmm. that stuff. Like I remember the first time you said to me, "Right, we're going to do a mix minus session." I was, what <laughs> does that mean? But you really you like- took it, didn't you? You really enjoyed that side of it. Yeah, I, I love all, I love the whole um, production side and the tech side of things. Um, yeah, because we started off with the old uh, blue snowball mics, if you remember. I do. Um, which I thought would be like amazing quality. I thought, yeah, these have got rave reviews and a lot of people use them and stuff. Um, and we we figured out quite early on, I would say, that uh, that just wasn't going to cut it. So. It was literally from that point on, I was like, right, I'm just going to learn as much as possible about mics and mic technique and equipment and software and all that stuff. So, yeah, that whole side of things, I love it. I love all that. Yeah, it's been a fun one. It's been a fun one. And, uh, like, you, you really thrive on that technical side of things, which is kind of nice because I'm, I'm not as good at it in terms of the mics and things like that. David's back. Hey, man. <laughs> I, I am and back. Yeah, sorry we've been pacing out there. Uh, I was That's actually right. trying to joined initially via the the wi-fi here which um tends to be a little bit um flaky i'm afraid so i'm actually doing it via 3g now which seems to be working okay wow you've got 3d 3g data plan in new york man that is uh, you're gonna come back to a big old bill <laughs> <laughs> well ho- hopefully hopefully i'll have to get mark asked with this one from a podcast or something to be able to afford it <laughs> i love it man so tell us about the show tell us one about the podcast and two you're doing some cool stuff on blab as well so tell us tell us a little bit about the background of uh, of your show as a good sir yeah, sure. Thanks. Yeah, well, when I first started um, in podcasting way back in about 2006 or so, and um, I was doing a podcast on different business articles. I had a business advice website at the time, and it was in its infancy then. I didn't have a focus on audio quality at all, and I've dropped in and out of podcasting um, in the years since, but I think um, a couple of years back, I made a decision to actually um, embrace it. I really love um, audio. I think that that's the kind of medium that I really prefer the most. So I registered the domain name digitalmarketingradio.com 
that is um, been my show for the, the the last year and a bit or so, and that's my my, my core show. And um, it's been quite incredible actually, because um, you know every every show starts out slowly, but um, it's not just about your audience and my audience is just building nicely every single month or so and it's wonderful but it's it's a, so much about the relationships that you you build, you build as well mm-hmm. um, I'm also head of growth for a company called Analytics SEO uh, so I, I host a show called This Week in Organic for them as well and that's a live uh, video show that I do every Friday that's 4 o'clock in the UK 11am East Coast time in the US <laughs> and it's it's a blab's been wonderful for that i started that show off on google hangouts but i moved to blab because it's so much more collaborative interaction you, you get the comments you get the sharing the viral sharing via tweet, uh, twitter as well so it's i think it's going to be and live streaming together um so really looking forward to the coming few months to see what will happen yeah, Blab's going to be a bit of a fun one to keep an eye on, I think. Well, here we are, and it's been running for such a long time in terms of this particular stream. So very impressive platform. Now, guys, I'm just thinking about when we first started, and David, you've just dropped onto audio only there, so I hope you can hear me. When we first yes, started, and excellent stuff. Now, we started at a very different time. So, guys, looking back to, what, 2010, maybe 2011, or, mm-hmm. you know, back before podcasting sort of, was in your mindset mm-hmm. what did you think of podcasting what was podcasting to you at that point um right so if we if we go back that far um because i've been listening to podcasts for a few years and i was listening to podcasts at that point um but they were very um they i was listening to stuff to fill in the gaps for, so as an example I, I think the first podcast i listened to was a star wars podcast and it was the Force cast. And it was Jimmy Mack and Jason Swank before they started their own one. And I was listening to that because there was nothing going on with Star Wars. And it was the same with a few other things. There wasn't, there wasn't enough going on about something. I think I listened to a couple of Batman ones and some other bits and pieces. But So back then, podcasting for me was just about getting hold of content that wasn't available anywhere else. I mean, there was, there was a load of blogs around and, and people had, had done like you know, just your everyday WordPress blog and stuff like that. But there wasn't anything cool that you could interact with as much as a podcast. Um, and I think you only, you only get so much back from just a written article because um, you get a load of spam and you know, a lot of fun comments and stuff like that. But with a podcast, you're able to connect a little bit more. So I really wanted to listen to them, you know, for that point. And podcasts back then were a lot more, I don't know, it could just could just be me, but I felt that they were a lot more hobbyist, if you know what I mean, whereas nowadays they're very much, you know, go hand in hand with business and, and other bits and pieces. So, yeah, back then it was different. It was more about sitting in your, your garage or, or your basement just churning out stuff that, you know, you really wanted other people to listen to, whereas nowadays it's more a case of, you know, people use it as a social media tool, as a business tool, um, social engagement and that stuff. So, it's been a big change, but yeah, back then it was different, for sure. David, you obviously started, you know, much before any of those guys did it. When you look back at when you did start in 2006, if you were to go back and restart again, what would be some of the changes you'd make? What would you do differently? Wow, um, that's the kind of podca- uh, podcast interview question that I like to ask, but um, answering it's probably more challenging than, than asking it, but... Um, <laughs> 
I, I would um, have focused probably more on quality audio production and also interacting with my audience more. Uh, I think, um, like most digital marketers at the time, I was focused more on producing content and publishing content and probably using that as a funnel in from search engines to drive traffic into whatever business I was focusing on. So I wasn't focusing on quality relationships. And I, I love the fact that digital marketing in general is turning more towards quality relationships now. It doesn't matter the fact that you get thousands of visits to your site in a day if you can achieve that because they might all be irrelevant to what you can offer. Um, mm -hmm. So, um, you know, going back and talking to my younger self, I would I would certainly talk about focusing on on quality and building that one on one relationship. Because even if you, I, I think, as um, you know, a, a few um, uh, podcasters have, have have said recently, um, even if you have an audience of just one or two, but that one or two is um, a prominent figure within your industry or can influence other people, then it's worthwhile podcasting. Absolutely. Yeah, it's one of those things, isn't it? We all concentrate so much on the download numbers. And mm. one of the things that I'd like to just pick up on there is I, I forget who the talk was from, but it was a podcast movement and it was a fantastic talk around, it might have been Colin Gray actually, around um, the audience numbers and the way that we measure the downloads and the way that we all beat ourselves up. Because I don't know if, if you guys are like this, but when I first started podcasting, my process was thus. I'd wake up in the morning and I'd run downstairs, maybe put the kettle on, I'd run back upstairs and check my podcast download stats. <laughs> <laughs> and then I'd come right back downstairs and make my tea, and I'd run right back upstairs, and I'd check my download stats again. <laughs> and then I'd get to work, and I'd check my stats. Oh. I think we're all guilty of that. You know, or check it on the phone as you're going to work as well. Yeah. It's, <laughs> yeah. But, I mean, it's, it's, what a nightmare. It's not just podcasting. I mean, it's, it's other activities online as well. Um, so it's, I don't think it's just podcasters that, that have issues with this. But um, it's... <clears throat> The, the challenge is, is that it's dif difficult to measure um, the actual impact of that one-on-one -on -one relationship. You, you can measure how many people listen, and you know that if you want to go down the sponsorship route, then so many people listening to your podcast may be able to result in you being able to... Um, uh, sort of put off there by a comment there. So <laughs> I'm, 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 that's Brad. Brad in the room. <laughs> I'll move my webcam. That's what I'll do. Thank you very much. Um, um, the thing is, you know, what I was going to say is, it's yeah, it's it's difficult to um, not. Um, you know, it's, it's difficult not to focus on the fact that um, y y your stats. You can do something with that. Uh, how do you measure the ROI of your mother? Is what. Gary Vernachuk says, um, which, you know, can be applied to podcasting as well. His focus is social media. Um, but what he's effectively saying is that, you know, that relationship can mean everything to you in the future. So um, don't worry too much about uh, uh, Thanks, Brad. Yeah, yeah, very much appreciated. Uh, let me refocus here and pass the mic over to Mark. Mac. <laughs> Mark. One of the, uh, one of the interesting things that I always, I always, bring to front of mind is something that I, I believe it was Colin that said it, um, is, is the fact that when you look at the, the average number of downloads, I think the average number of downloads per podcast episode is around 130, you know, so that, that puts you kind of in the average mark. And a lot of people would be slightly miffed at that, especially when we're in this world of the entrepreneur on fires and the kind of hardcore histories of the world and, you know, obviously the serials of the world. 
crazy, crazy download numbers. And it's very easy to get thrown off by these figures when you look at your own stats because you can log in on a morning, you can be completely disheartened that you've only got 130 listens, you've got only got 130 downloads. But actually, when you think about it, if you had 130 people in a room, you were talking to them directly, piping into their ears, that's a win, man. That is a win. Absolutely spot on. You're doing that really consistently. And I think that is the way that we all beat ourselves up a little bit much. You know, Brad, you're a big speaker. You get in the room and there's 130 people. Boom, you've got them and they love it. And with a podcast, you've got that power. And I, I can't think of outside of some of the video work that, that guys like yourself do, David, I can't think of any other medium that lets you talk that personally to people. You know, it's, it's a real interesting way of turning your mind onto the download numbers. Yeah, definitely. If, you, if you're at a meetup, then you're quite satisfied probably doing a speech in front of 30 people or something like that. Um, and um, as you said, 130 people listening to your podcast can seem, oh, only 130 people. 130 people in a room is just a different ballgame. So again, if you can go about about building that relationship with those people somehow um, and maintaining that listenership, then it's, it's, it's going to have potentially the same impact as speaking to a room of people. I was really ch- absolutely when I first got um, over a hundred listens or downloads, whatever it is. I was really chuffed with that. <laughs> I was like, "How was that?" You know, and you just look at something, you think, "How has that happened?" Because there is there is an element <laughs> when you very first start and you've got your your podcast rocking, and <laughs> there's always that element in the early days where you think, "Am I, you know, am I doing this right? Are people getting it? You know, is it has it got a future?" And you always. I'm not, not sure for everyone else, but I know for us, Mark, we were, there was a, those times where we were like, are we doing this right? You know, are people really getting this? And you just have to, um, you have trust in your content, I think, and, and what you're doing and just soldier on. And, and they do come, they do come. You just need to, you know, have a bit of belief in it. Bit of consistency. And one of the, the other cool things that, that I've certainly seen with podcasting, and Ramona, you'll attest to this, is that even if you've got 20 listeners, if you get, you know, you're having a bad day. You know what you know what it's like. We all think about, oh, I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna do any more podcasts because I've only got 20 listeners or 100 or 500 listeners. The minute that you wake up to a nice tweet from someone saying, "I love yeah. that episode," "I love that show," like that is going to change your entire mindset. It's going to set you up for the day, and that that's I think one of the biggest things about podcasting is that you've got the one to one, and and when you when you add it to you know the Twitter on the phones and everything, the things like the blab. The minute that something so small and seemingly insignificant occurs, it changes your. It almost changes the way that you think yep. about things. And I think we've probably all been there, haven't we? Yep. But also, I think that um, so many people see the massive success stories of um, the tens of thousands of downloads, and they think that's the norm as well. And then they'll view their own stats and they'll think they're a massive failure. But um, the normal person doesn't get overnight success. Even actually the, the person that looks like they have overnight success doesn't really have overnight success probably. They've probably worked at it for a long time. But the, the normal thing in podcasting is to podcast consistently for at least a year before you see that uptake in your, in your stats. And as a podcaster starting up, you, you just cannot expect any kind of um, immediate result. The great thing about that groundwork is that you're improving constantly over time as well. So your, your show is improving, your listeners are starting to tell each other, and then maybe after a year or so, you'll actually start to get more of that um, 
uh, audience telling other people about it and then your your 100 people will turn into 200 and then very quickly 400 after that and it will hockey stick after that um, couple of years or so but not unless you stick in it absolutely and you mentioned one year there actually david my show excellence expected is one year old today i launched on international podcast day last Happy year birthday. which was uh, thank you sir which was ha- an interesting one don't have a birthday cake for you, I'm afraid, but uh, happy birthday. <laughs> I'm tired of this treatment from you, David. It's every time I see you, you've not brought me a cake. <laughs> I love it. Thank you, Dave. Thank you, Steve. And uh, one thing I just want to pick up from you guys, because I know how profoundly it's affected me in, in various aspects of my life, but what have been some of the positive effects of podcasting that you've seen on your own personal life or your business life? What has it done for you to make your life better? Um, for, for me personally, I think it's, uh, again, going back to relationships, the, the, the quality of the relationships that you can make with people. Um, because, um, you know, I, I've interviewed some, you know, incredible top digital marketers for my podcast and, and, and for the other show that I do as well. And I've spoken to them for half an hour, had a, had a high quality conversation with them. And then after that, um, um, have kept in touch with them and have offered to help them out and perhaps they've come on um, to another show as well. But it means that if they want assistance with something in the future or you launch a product at some point in the future, um, if you maintain that relationship, you can call on them. And I'm confident that um, you know when I launch um, a, a new product in the future, I, I will have 20 top people in the industry quite happy to give me, for example, a video testimonial um, to what I want to do. And I would have never have had that um, without podcasting. So it's, it's all about um, uh, the, the relationships you build and, and, and the people, the trust that you build with people because of that. Yeah, completely agree. What about you, Gaz? Any, uh, any positive effects that you, can, that you can identify from podcasting directly? From podcasting directly. Um, well, it's kind of one of the things for me, really, the, the main thing is being more confident. Um, there were times mm. when, um, you know, uh, very early, you probably find this with a lot of podcasters as well, that in the early days, like if you listen to the first sort of 10, 10 shows or something like that of a lot of podcasts, you'll find that the, as well as the sound quality and stuff like that, but the confidence and the way that you come across in front of the mic is very different. Um, and I was really nervous, like the very first show that first few shows that we did, Mark, and um, the first few shows that I did for the the Big Blue Box Fair podcast. I was really like, you know, my you could tell that my voice was shaking a little bit, and you know, and I was repeating myself, and I was using a lot of crutch words as well. So every other sentence was like so, 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 you know. It's and then over time, you just you learn to kind of embrace that and 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 just just use it really and it does it does build confidence so for me probably the best thing is or the biggest thing for me is is it's given me confidence to you know just interacting with people and because although you're sitting here in front of a mic by yourself it does it does have an effect for sure um and and also um just about it kind of put it kind of forces you to to get into a schedule as well um one of the things that i found that with doing a weekly show anyway is that once you build up a following and a lot of listeners they get really miffed when you don't do a week, when you miss a week, you know, and they're like, where's the podcast? You know, my week's ruined sort of thing. So although that's nice to hear, it also gives you a kick up, up the backside a little bit and, you know, gets your, gets your content out there every week. So, yeah. 
and, and as you keep on producing remember, more shows, it's, it's also your ability to produce shows as well. Because to begin with, um, you mentioned, Gary, that to begin with, um, you say so and uh, um lots of mm-hmm. times. And everyone does that when they start off uh, and continues to do that, but hopefully to a lesser extent. But to begin with, the way you produce your show is that uh, you're recording it and then you edit it and you're just focused on doing that. But after you get more comfortable with it, hopefully you can produce a podcast on something like Blab and then repurpose it by having it as a live show and then taking the audio from that as well. So you can get much more developed in terms of production abilities. Yeah. Yeah, it's a very interesting one. I completely echo the sentiment about the confidence, Gaz. The one thing I've noticed, I, I do a business podcast. It's a small business podcast and, and, and it's, it's, very altruistic, in, altruist, altruistic. That's a really hard word. It's very altruistic. <laughs> Tripping over your beard. I am. I can't get through it. But um, what's very interesting is that because I talk to the people that I hold in such high regard, it's had the same effect with me, guys. It's increased my confidence. But I've noticed personally, I've become better in meetings. I've become better at converting sales. I've become better at communicating with everyone across every element of my life and public speaking, you know, like two years ago, I can walk into a room and talk to people, but you <laughs> stick me on a stage and I'm like a gibbering mess. I just can't deal with it. <laughs> yeah. But after podcasting, suddenly it's a lot easier and I can now do it. And, you know, I have done that. So that, that is interesting. Now, Linda has, has raised a really good question, which is, has podcasting boosted your income or your ability to have an impact of some sort? And I'll just, I'll jump on that before I pose it to you guys. And Linda, the, the short answer is yes. Now, my show, Excellence Expected, doesn't, doesn't have any sponsors. We don't use sponsors right now. And the biggest thing that I've used it for is creating an open mind for me and building the connections, as, as Pila uh, Ortiz mentioned, you know, met people from across the globe. And that, that's how podcast websites came about, you know, spot an opportunity and directly increased income by creating a brand new business solely from podcasting. So this is what I, I kind of like about podcasting is it's not just sponsorship that can drive the monetization. You can do so much more with it. What about you guys? Have you guys found it's boosted your income at all? It, it has um, directly, yes. But um, I agree with you, Mark, in that uh, there are so many other great things that can happen to your business as a result of you podcasting and that um, financial gain directly from doing your podcasts probably shouldn't be the primary objective for most podcasters. I have got to the stage where I've had um, a fairly big sponsor approach me and do pay me to sponsor each episode of my show, Uh, but that is not very, very important for me in terms of income. I think actually... Uh, even a more important uh, aspect of that is that um, uh, a direct association you have with the other brand as well uh, because you have a sponsored by or the show is brought to you by so to a certain extent you're positioning your podcast brand as being the same as that other big company out there so so, so that's absolutely uh, ideal Um, I mentioned um, at the beginning of the blab that um, I was also head of growth for a company called Analytics SEO uh, uh, an SEO software platform and that came about by me interviewing the CEO of the company for my podcast Digital Marketing Radio and um, then we continued to have a conversation about that and then we thought yeah um, um, I'd be a good fit for also hosting a show for them as well and um, driving their content forward as well so that opportunity wouldn't have arisen at all because of my show so not not direct 
um, income um, directly from the podcast. But again, through those relationships, uh, it's been phenomenal. Yeah, it's a good one. It's it's interesting just to put that all together and see the different ways that people can monetize that. And let's think about International Podcast Day because it's been a year since I launched. It's been a year since you know we we were thrust into this International Podcast Day world and having met Steve and uh, and and Dave and Daniel and all the guys that are involved in it a fair number of times now. It it goes to show that the podcasting community is growing and growing and growing. And between last year and this year. What have been some of the highlights in podcasting for you guys? What have been your personal highlights and perhaps some of the industry highlights? So, guys, anything that anything that sticks out in your mind as uh, as, as a highlight of the last year when it comes to podcasting? Um, in terms of highlights, it would probably be um, that's a tough one because podcasting in general, it, there doesn't seem to be any kind of uh, big standout moments because the industry is still very much the same as it was. A few years ago, um, the only thing that's changed really is like the growth and, you know, the interest and stuff like that. So I'd probably say that there are more more standout points in terms of people and shows um, over the past year as opposed to just podcasting in general. Um, so, I mean, Mark, you're, you know, this is going to sound completely cheesy and we're friends and stuff, but um, your podcast website stuff has been, I think, one of those really innovative uh, things where you've taken something that's something that people can do very, you know, very easily on their own and stuff like that. But you've given like a helping hand and you know, you've gone through and created everything for them. So hosting a website and all that kind of stuff. And those are the things really that they're like some of the, the, the points. And there was another, uh, another company that tried to do it. It was like nine, 10 months ago, but it just fizzled out into, into nothing. So, a standout point for me, really, and I, I can't think of anything else, and I, I, I feel cheesy for saying it because we're friends, but the whole podcast websites thing is just so good because when you, you know, when you, when you showed me um, a demo of it and stuff like that, it really just, it, it, it's just like a green light for anybody just to walk into a podcast and get their content out there. Um, and I think it's services like that and people like that that have been like one of the, one of the most important things and a highlight as well so um i'd say you buddy too sweet talk thank you mate. i think just before uh just before david jumps in on that one just one quick one thank you that was not planned but um, the the thing that that brings to my mind is that the barrier to entry mm-hmm. generally has come right down you know you can pick up daniel puts out fantastic offers around microphones that are on sale and you know some fantastic equipment cliff continues to put amazing content out about how to do it so does dave and you know guys like us helping people with the end-to-end process i think over the last year for me one of the big highlights has been the barrier to starting a podcast overall has just come right down anyone that's got a bit of drive and passion and a voice can do this and i think that for me that's one of the biggest highlights what about you david um i was just thinking um what i'd say there uh, there are probably three different things that spring to mind um, um alongside you mark i was at uh, new media europe uh, an event in manchester in the uk and um my, my podcast was forward for um um the top uh, management and marketing podcast but i didn't win so um, i guess 
Getting we was robbed. <laughs> we was robbed, absolutely, yeah. So uh, that's a low light highlight. <laughs> um, you know, apart, apart from that, it's it, again, it's the people that I talk to on a weekly basis that are absolutely wonderful and just keep on building those relationships as well. And then it's also the tools as well. It is incredible how how many new tools are launching at the moment and how incredible a tool like Lab is. Um, because uh, a year ago or so, uh, I mean, I was podcasting via Skype. I moved on to Google Hangouts. Google Hangouts are a wonderful tool as well, but probably for people who are a little bit more techy and people that aren't so comfortable with that um, probably are a little bit more challenged um, using that. But I think Blab seemed to be a, a great tool just for jumping on there, r- recording your podcast. It's good quality audio that you get from here as well. Obviously, it's good if you record your own audio personally and then take the audio of other people. But um, on the whole, I, I feel the audio is, is fairly um, as good as, as, as Skype. You know, uh, Google Hangouts, the audio in there can be quite flaky sometimes as well. So I think I'm probably most excited at the moment by new tools launching, and I'm really, really excited to see what will happen with that and um, how podcasters will move Blab, um, use Blab moving forward. One of the biggest things to come out of that obviously just happened very, very recently. There was there was such a, a buzz around PodClear when it launched, and you know I remember talking to Hannah about working together on a few little bits with that right before they even launched, and then they got into incubation stage and they launched this fantastic product. I mean, the audio quality you, you get from PodClear is absolutely stunning. It's a complete game changer. And then Blab comes mm. along and suddenly PodClear is acquired, and it, it moves at that pace. So I think, David, you, you, you bang right with that. The opportunity for people to get started using a tool that they're familiar with. And actually we talked about Orphonic in one of the last sessions. It came up in Hanny's session, little things like that just make, you know, if we're not like you guys and we're not, we're not real, you know, high quality audio files that know how to do it, we can still produce something really good. And I think that that is such an exciting thing for people. Absolutely. Absolutely. Um, so, 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 so Mark yourself, I mean, we, we've been letting you, uh, ask all the questions here. Uh, I mean, in terms of the way that podcasting has changed your life, um, is it, is it mainly about relationships like, like, like you talked about, or are there other areas as well that, uh, podcasting has made that massive difference? I mean, obviously you, you um, Gary mentioned, uh, podcast websites quite, quite, quite a bit as well. So the relationships caused that as well. Um, I mean, you touched on public speaking. Um, how did you used to speak and um, what aspect of you speaking publicly do you think has, has, has changed and improved specifically? That's a really good question. One of the things, Gaz, you mentioned it about using the crutch words and I still do it. It's just the way I'm, I'm very loquacious. Like, you know me, I'll ramble on forever. <laughs> like, terrible interview. Um, but the, the, the biggest thing is it's made me more, more aware of, of being more... <laughs> That's amazing. But yeah, I think that's the biggest thing. It's made me more direct and it's made me aware that I can be more direct without coming across rude. I used to really fear for being rude when I was just getting my point across and I wasn't being rude. And, you know, when I'm trying to talk, in a half an hour session and get my point across and actually help people educate them and so on and so forth. I used to find it tough. And that's one of the biggest things. It's it's helped me become more succinct, more focused. But one of the the other biggest things around this is you mentioned the relationship, David. 
Like, I am so impressed by what you guys do, what you do, David, with analytics SEO, the quality of it, with what you do, guys, with a big blue box, with what guys like Pat do, what, you know, guys like John do, what Daniel does, what Cliff does, what everyone does. Like, I am constantly learning. I am just forever, forever moving forward. And that is a complete luxurious place to be in because you're always moving forward. And the speaking, to address the speaking question directly, do, do you know, I'm constantly Mark, saying yeah. to me, yeah. Um, um, being in New York here, obviously, um, there are lots of Americans here, and um, I <laughs> generally think that um, Americans are a lot better at speaking succinctly, at putting their point across well, at phraseology without umming and ahhing too much, about coming to the point. And you talked about that as well, and I think um, mm. that's something that British people probably aren't naturally good at. Maybe it's a cultural thing, and, and we have to work harder at and, and more at ensuring that uh, we, we, we focus better and we become better at doing that. No, I, I agree with that, David. And I think, I think a lot of that is, is that a lot of it's down to the confidence that you mentioned. You know, if, you, if we all look back at our earliest podcast shows, and I think anyone that's, that's in the chat as well at this point can, uh, yo, Joe is here. How are you doing, buddy? The, the early interviews that we do, we completely repeat ourselves. We completely reaffirm what the guest has said to us. We completely backtrack and we don't necessarily know where we're going. When you listen to the more recent ones, they sound better. Mm-hmm. And unless you're aware of it, you don't know that they sound better because you are being more direct and more confident with it. So I think a lot of it, like you said, guys, you know, you have to be much more confident and it's kind of all right to do that. And I think that was the biggest thing for me, David, that it was all right to just be direct and to the point. Yeah, especially with interviews. That's the, that's the one thing that I would say with, um, with podcasting is if you're going to be interviewing people, um, you, they really, you really have to you know, understand the technique of interviewing um, because it doesn't change whether you're doing it face-to-face or over Skype or in front of a camera or whatever. You, they're... I think a lot of, I mean, I've listened to a few podcast shows where they've had people on and they've interviewed. Um, and you've got, you have that thing where the interviewer finishes, finishes their answer. And then you have that little bit of silence and you have that, right. So moving on next question. And, you know, you can just feel this like a bit of awkwardness there. And, you know, and so, you know, in terms of interviewing people, I'd, I'd probably say that it's definitely worth getting your show rolling along for a little while before you get somebody on. You know, just so you, otherwise, if, you, if you're not confident enough in, in putting your content across in the first place, as, as soon as you get somebody on your show who you're going to be talking to, um, yeah, it's probably not going to sound as well as it could do if you'd have got your confidence levels up a little bit. Um, and I know for me, when I did my very first interview, it was a real interesting experience because I thought, um, I thought this is going to be fine. It's just going to be like a chat. It's just going to be you know, when you bump into somebody and you have a catch up and stuff like that, but it's, it really is so different. It's, it's not like you think it's going to be because it, they're very unpredictable. Um, so yeah, I mean, for, in terms of like getting your confidence there and, and having your confidence, it's definitely worth getting that to a certain level that you're extremely comfortable with talking to people when you're doing interviews. You can be interviewing someone and you can be quite fortunate and you can be um, interviewing someone who understands how to be interviewed and perhaps um, gives an expanse of three-minute answers or, or so and then gives you a lead into the next question. And then another person, you ask one question, 
they'll give you a 10 second answer and then, okay, another question, another question. And, and it's yeah. difficult <laughs> to probe deeper. So um, you, you've got to be perhaps um, a little bit more involved in your research when you're actually trying to get people to interview to begin with. You need to try and play videos of people's interviews in the past uh, before mm -hmm. asking people to interview them to make sure that you're interviewing someone who is comfortable in being interviewed to begin with. And that'll probably assist you getting more comfortable with being the interviewer. There's a really good question just cropped up, actually, from Kajumla, which is a really cool name. And the question is, how much post-production edit is acceptable or required to polish up a good interview? That is a great, great, great question. Now, again, sorry, David, I'm going to jump into this one first because I'm really lazy with mine. I'm really lazy. I uh, completely run my, I run my entire audio through Skype or whatever I'm recording through, and then I just take the audio, two sides of the audio, and I just go... Um, slot in between my intro and my outro. That, that is it. Unless something crazy goes on, you know, unless there's something. I don't really edit it. I'll take, the only thing I will do is take out any hiss or background noise that's really, really problematic. But otherwise, I don't do anything at all. The reason that I do it like that is because I want to keep the personality and the raw feel of it. And I know there are, there are um, advocates of that and real detractors from that, but that's just how I run my show. So what about you guys? What about the editing process? How much is acceptable? How much do you guys do? I used to, um, I used to spend a lot of time editing um, after we'd, ref after like when you and I first started, Mark, there was, um, we had the whole thing of recording our track separately. Um, we did a Skype chat, but we recorded our own vocals and then, I would bring that into garage band, I think. Um, and then we would tidy it up and do some EQ in to make it sound like we, you know, we were quite professional and stuff with our little blue snowballs and stuff. Um, and that, yeah, so that was quite a long time. I think I used to spend about 45 minutes to an hour, um, editing a show. But, um, since then my workflow has changed quite a bit. So what I'll do now is I record everything on the fly. So everything goes through the mixer. I've got Skype audio coming through from the Mac into the mixer um, for a mix minus. I've got um, a soundboard and my iPad. My mic obviously goes into it. And then everything is just pumped out into an external um, audio recorder. Um, and then once I've got that, I just EQ it and save it and that's it. So my e my sort of edit time afterwards has probably gone down to about 15 minutes. I think an external audio recorder is great. I mean, I've got this um, H5 here, which is a, a Zoom device, and I normally use that as an external audio recorder, but it's also a great microphone as well. It's a condenser microphone, which is why you're obviously picking up quite a bit of conversation, I'm sure, going on in the background. But in, in terms of um, editing structure, I, I think to begin with, um, it's, it's normal and right to spend more time doing that. You will naturally want to go through your audio and um, take out excess ums and ahs and um, space um, within your interview to begin with. But um, I I've got to a stage now where I'm actually um, using Boss Jock, um, which is an app that I can use to play audio sounds um, while my interview is going along. So um, if my interview goes well, I, I won't really have any um, editing to go. Now, I will actually listen through it again and probably might I might make some minor tweaks just by pulling things together a little bit. But generally, I won't take anything out at all. I'll just make sure that the start 
here's at the right point. I would, I would do a little bit of editing in terms of compression just to get it to the right audio level. Um, I'll do a little bit of um, low-pass and high-pass filter to actually um, keep um, the audio from being um, too low or, or, or squeaky a little bit and actually just try and get the, um, the right amount of audio um, which will deliver a good audio experience no matter where you are because um many podcasters will just focus on on peak audio um to actually just amplify what they do which makes it sometimes difficult to listen to a podcast in a busy environment so if you're walking about um in public or or on a train or something um you need to ensure that your volume is fairly consistent with your podcast so i'll I'll do some work to, to getting that right. And that, that's probably something that, that most podcasters need to focus on a little bit more nowadays. Yeah, good shout. Maybe I'm going to come around to your house and get some lessons on editing. <laughs> oh, that was... Look at the fear in his eyes. The no, fear no, in his eyes. No, I was just about to say, maybe I'll come around to your house and get some lessons on growing a beard. But I, but I said it. No, no. It's every time, man. It's every time we talk, the beard gets the grief. Don't grow a beard, Gary, because this is what you get from uh, him. I might shave it off now. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. I love it. I love it. But I get the um, I get the idea of 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 optimizing for the 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 surrounding environment, David. I think that's a really good point, and probably something that we should all take note of. And I was when I answered the question, actually, I was a little over flipping with that one because I do have a, an audition template set, which has got some EQ on my voice. It's got various um, settings already rigged up so that the editing process is pretty clear. Um, but yeah, that couple of really good answers there. Well, one thing I don't use is Audition, actually. Um, I see this is the Scotsman coming out of me here and actually uh, being a little <laughs> bit uh, unwilling to pay for a, a monthly monthly fee for something. Uh, so I still use Audacity, and I, I find that a fairly decent tool. But I, I use a really nice microphone normally, the RE20, Electrovoice RE20, and I, I love that microphone. And I don't add too many effects uh, at all into it at all. You can do a little bit post-production, but um, the, the quality of the, the microphone's wonderful, and um, it's the kind of microphone that even if there is a tiny bit of background noise, it'll do quite a good job at repelling it as well. Sweet, that's pretty cool. cool. I... Uh... Yeah, I, I love Audition for it's the way it looks, and I'm lucky to get it as part of the old Photoshop package. But yeah, Audacity is a beauty. And do you still use GarageBand, uh, Gaz? Uh, no, I used to um, when we first started it, just because it was um, a, a free tool that came with the Mac. Um, but mm-hmm. I don't use it anymore. I use Adobe Audition now. Um, mm. So in terms of um, editing and stuff, like I said earlier, I don't need to do much in the way of editing in terms of chopping sounds around and and stuff like that because everything I do kind of on the fly because it makes me feel like a radio uh, DJ. But um, the only thing I'll do in sort of post in Adobe Audition would be things like EQing and um, a bit of compression um, and stuff like that. Um, I've got a new bit of kit recently, so I don't need to do too much of that to my own track. But, um, yeah, so Audition all the way for me. It's a great tool. Love it. Awesome stuff. Now, we've got about 13 minutes left before the fantastic Mr. Rob Greenlee joins us and kicks off the next session. So I'm going to do what I usually do on the show, actually, because there are so many people joining us today. It's been a fantastic day. And I want to get from each one of us three tips 
for podcasting success in your eyes. So whatever that success is, whether it's monetization or just creating a quality show or just enjoying it, what three tips would you give, David, to anyone that is in podcasting right now or maybe wants to get started? Unmute myself would be helpful there. Um, So um, in terms of equipment, uh, a decent mic is right to begin with. Everyone says um, ATR2100s, and and it is a wonderful, wonderful microphone. I've got also the UK equivalent of that, which is a Samsung Q2U. Um, So that is a wonderful microphone to start off with there. Um, You can have other equipment, but um, if you just get started with that and a USB uh, connection to your computer, absolutely fine. Um, But um, I think once you're maybe about 10 or so episodes into what you're doing, then you need to um, up your audio quality just by ensuring that you um, are delivering the best possible quality audio. So by doing that, then you're probably having a direct connection, an XLR from your microphone um, to a, a portable audio recorder is, is what I find very effective. Um, so I, I would say get a, get a portable audio recorder like this one. Um, um, a lot of people have the um, Zoom 4N. Uh, I've got this um, Zoom Zoom 5, so, so, so that's very, very good. Um, so that's uh, an, an equipment tip. Um, in terms of actually structuring what you do, um, I find it very—I I find it essential to schedule things to ensure that I do stuff. So I use the, I use the tool Schedule once um, to to make bookings, and I think it's very important to actually get ahead of yourself, um, not to always be recording tomorrow's show today. Um, you need to be focusing on what's happening in a month's time and have about. Um, um, Charlotte asking the question of what's your audio recorder there. So it's a Zoom H5. You can probably see it here. Um, so it's very important to get ahead of yourself because um, even though you schedule stuff, um, maybe 10, 20% of the time people might not show up. The audio quality might be shocking. You might not be able to use the episode. Um, so get, get ahead of yourself. Um, and the third tip is just do it. Yeah, stop planning and um if you're scared to do something then the right thing to do is absolutely do it um you know i was talking to a few people here at the conference i'm at earlier on and um they hadn't been on periscope before and i thought okay now's the time absolutely get on periscope now and do it or um shall we not do it for this afternoon no no just just do it straight away while you're scared and then you're you're in, in, increasing your your circle of influence moving forward um, y- your confidence will increase and um, that, that will impact many other areas of your life. Amen to that. Love that. Really good advice. That last tip is a power tip. Fantastic. What about you, Gaz? Yeah, some great stuff there, Dave. Um, in terms of, um, right, the first tip for me would be Dave's last tip, and that is just to, <laughs> is just to do it. Because um, we, I remember I'm in an arm in for a, quite a while after we started our our first blog mark and um it was one of those things where i did kind of twiddle my thumbs for a while and like oh i don't know you know should you know should we do it i've no idea how to get started and stuff the best thing is to just even if you're recording just some dummy shows you're not even putting them out there just get yourself you know used to recording and used to uh to trying to put some kind of show together and just just starting there's no, there's no reason why um you can't just do it um the second thing for me would be not to not to follow the crowd so much. 
um, because there's a lot, I, I see a lot of, um, as well as a lot of podcasts, as well as a lot of YouTube videos and articles and stuff about, uh, it seems to be a very similar setup that, that a lot of people mentor and stuff. So what I mean by that is if somebody wants to start a podcast and you go and research on Google or on YouTube, you'll see a lot of the same thing coming across where you'll see people like, oh, you need to purchase the high or PR40 and you need to go and purchase, you know, this equipment and then you need to set this up and all that kind of stuff. The best thing to do is just find out what's going to work for you and your podcast. You know, so if you're, if you're just going to put out a 20 minute show, which is going to be like some quick tips about running or cookery or something like that, um, that doesn't need to be anything more than what Dave said, just, you know, a, a decent quality, a cheap mic, but a decent one like uh, the ATR 2100 or the, the Q2, something like that, that you can just plug into an audio recorder and then you're away, you know? So don't follow the crowd too much. When you're doing some research into starting a podcast, there's no need to spend loads and loads of money because a really successful podcaster has told you to, to go and purchase all that stuff. So you just need to, to get what you need for your podcast and, and get it going. Um, and the last tip would probably be, just treat, kind of treat your audience like your family. You know, you, you treat your audience like, um, like when you, you know, you meet up to have your Sunday dinner and stuff like that. You know, these people are, you know, with, without your listeners, your show just goes nowhere. Um, so you really need to treat every interaction, you know, as if it's your last interaction with people and really embrace because people make the effort to listen to your show. They don't just accidentally, you know, sit through an hour's podcast. You know, they're actually making an effort to put time aside to sit there and listen to your show. So, you know, if they're going to put that time in to do it, then, you know, there's a two-way thing. You should put the time in to talk to your audience and embrace them and stuff like that. And don't get caught up on the numbers too much as well. I think you mentioned that earlier, Dave, and you did as Mark, um, Mark as well, where people get really miffed like when they haven't hit like a thousand listens and that they feel like the numbers are slipping away. It doesn't matter if you've, if you've only got 10 listeners, that's fine. You know, talk to those 10 listeners and, and embrace it. And yeah, it's all good. Yeah, I love that. I think that's brilliant, guys. The, in, one of the tips I was going to give was just don't focus too much on the numbers because you're going to drive yourself crazy. Mm-hmm. You know, you're going to be just completely, completely looking at the numbers all the time and driving yourself nuts. So focus on the people. That would be my first tip as well, guys, would be just completely focus on the people. And mm-hmm. if possible, I know this this might be a bit OTT, but try and chat to them, try and meet them, try and email with them, try and actually get in touch of, uh, with these people, genuinely get in touch with them and actually get to know them a little bit. Cliff Ravenscraft has a fantastic tip. He keeps a spreadsheet with personal details, you know, little bits of uh, pertinent personal information, you know, like kids' names, kids' birthdays, key dates, about each person that he meets. And I think that's amazing. It allows him to build this audience. So my first tip is, as Gaz said, don't focus just on the numbers focus on the people. And for me, number two is you've got to have a process. I really struggle without a process. You've got to have a process for one, getting your productions done. You've got to know exactly what the next step is. I run a a Dropbox um, flow, if you like. I've got some numbered folders. So I know exactly where each show is in the production process at any given time. And that process, as David says, which is, is sort of enhanced by things like schedule ones, it really means that I can stay on top of that. We we talked about staying ahead of the curve. And if you if you let yourself record on a Friday night and publish on a Saturday morning, one Saturday morning you're not gonna get it out there. So 
completely get in front of things and have that process and stick to the process. You know, it's your, it's your backbone. So that's tip number two, keep a process. And tip numero three from me is just be consistent. Just be consistent. <clears throat> Even if you have a dip in numbers, don't stop. Don't mm-hmm. think, oh, I'll change my publishing schedule. Just carry on. Just continue. Stick to the process. Stick to the flow. Be consistent. I publish Excellence Expected Monday and Thursday mornings. There's one going out with Hanny Moura tomorrow, actually. And every Monday and Thursday, doesn't matter what I'm doing, it goes out Monday and Thursday. And I think that's really key because, as Gaz said, people go crazy if you don't publish it. You didn't think you had any listeners, and then the minute that you stop publishing, the world goes crazy. Um, so that's that's the third tip. Be consistent. Stick to your schedule. Don't let that drop. Uh, so we've got about four minutes left. Let's uh, let's do one last thing then. Gaz, what are you most looking forward to over the next year, up until the next International Podcast Day when it comes to podcasting? What's on your radar, buddy? Um, stuff I'm looking to do. I, I want to get out to a couple of con- uh, conferences in the next year. Um, I feel that uh, I should have gone to a couple this year, but um, yeah, I think just scheduling and, and other bits and pieces. I was quite gutted because I saw that on your Instagram and Twitter, you were about all over the place. So um, I think for me over the next year, I'm really looking forward to getting out and meeting more people, I think. Uh, I think I just need to get to a, to a few meetups and conferences and stuff um, and just get myself out there because I think you can only do so much from behind a mic and a camera. Uh, I think there's an element of, of of human interaction that you need to you need to get into in order to to meet new people and and and, and get your spread your word and stuff like that. So I'll probably say getting out more and meeting other podcasters and sharing advice and stuff like that. Love it. What about you, David? What are you looking forward to most over the next year in terms of podcasting? I'm looking forward to doing more live event podcasting. Um, a few weeks ago, I did, I did a podcast live from Brighton SEO, and um, I had a bit of a mixed minus issue. I didn't. The irony of this, Gaz. Oh, he's lasted nearly an hour on 3G. And then, yeah, that's genius. Don't conk out at the last minute. Come on, Dave. The funny thing was, he said, I had a real technical issue, and then he dropped. <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> I'll jump in, I'll jump in, I'll jump in, and hopefully we'll get Dave back. Uh, The biggest thing that I'm looking forward to, which sounds like it's a little bit OTT, the the biggest thing is actually when it starts in terms of podcasting, it starts to to gather mainstream interest a little bit more. So things like when the car kicked, you know, the car kits really kicks in and people have got it at their fingertips all of the time. That's when people like my mum, are going to start listening to these things. That's when people like my dad are going to start saying, what's this uh, hardcore history that you keep telling me about, son? And that's, I think, when it will really go crazy. So that's one of the big things for me the next year, just seeing how that whole wider adoption goes. I think that's going to be a fun one. Now, um, thank you, Joey. It's been a pleasure. And David, I'm just going to, I'm sorry, man, but I'm going to boot you off so that Mr. Rob Greenlee can come in and say hi. And... uh, it's been a pleasure chatting to you. You can't even say goodbye. <laughs> we'll say goodbye for him. So cheers, Dave. Cheers, Dave. Let's, let's go for that one. Cheers, guys. That's been a pleasure, man. That's, uh, it's been a fun one, though. Yeah, thank you very much for having me. Love it. Just before we wrap, where's the best place to catch you online, my good sir? To catch me online. Um, if you want to follow me personally, my Twitter is just at Gary Alot. Um, my name's up here in my video window. 
Um, you can follow me on there if you want to listen to my podcast. If you're a Whovian or a Doctor Who fan, just head over to bigblueboxpodcast.co.uk. Super stuff. Thanks, buddy. And for me, you can catch me at Mr. Asquith over on the Twitter and you can get me at excellence-expected.com. And if you are thinking about podcasting or want to start your own show, you can uh, head us over to podcastwebsites.com and we've got everything that you need over there and we'll help you through that. So thank you, guys. Always a pleasure, buddy. Thank you very much, man. Catch you later. Adios.